bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. My message today is titled, He is Lord of the Storm. He is Lord of the Storm. You ask me who is he, you will find out soon. And today we are going to join Jesus Christ and his disciples on a journey. It is a journey like several journeys we have taken. It's a very interesting journey. And on this journey, Jesus and his disciples go through some complex situations. And each one of us have been on a journey before. We start doing something we believe is right. We believe this is the will of God. We believe this thing is going to work. We believe it's going to be uh, a success. And all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, something hits us that we never anticipated. And a similar thing happened with Jesus and his disciples on this journey. And we're going to read the story as it happens from the gospel according to Mark chapter 4 verses 35 to 41. Mark chapter 4 verse 35 to 41. Let's hear the reading of God's word. On the same day when evening had come, He said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stand, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. In this account, Mark starts and says, on the same day, he was talking about a day that had started very well for Jesus and his disciples. He has spent much of the day teaching and healing the sick. So it's been a full day of teaching the kingdom, ministering to people's needs, 
miracles happening, great things have, have happened this day. And as the day wound to an end, Jesus starts a journey with his disciples. Anytime we read a story about Jesus, remind ourselves of whom we are as Christians. Because what Jesus did with his disciples then, he wants to do with us now because we are his disciples now. So that the testimonies we read in the Bible will become our testimonies. The victories we see in the Bible will become our victories. And in this story, we see a people on a journey, we see a storm, and we see calm. And I pray that God will bring you through your storm this morning and give you calm. I'm going to walk you through seven steps in this story. Seven steps in this story. The first step starts with a call. Jesus calls his disciples. Sometime in your life, God is going to call you to do something special. For Jesus and his disciples... The day had been good. It's been good teaching. They had watched people being touched by Jesus. Now it is evening and Jesus calls them and gives them a special task. He says to them in verse 35, let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over to the other side. He wants them to take a journey. It is a journey that will move them from where they are to a different place. And many of us can identify with that when things have been good for us and everything seems to be working well and we, we just feel inspired to do something special, something significant, something great. And we are not too sure how to proceed. Jesus tells them, let us cross over to the other side. Every journey of life requires a movement. Everybody say, every journey requires a movement. You cannot remain in the same place and go on a journey. To go on a journey, you must move spiritually, mentally, physically. But every journey requires movement. A journey is going to take you to a new place. So Jesus says, let us go over to the other side. He's going to move the location. There will be a time in your life when God is going to tell you it's time to move to the other side. And you can sense deeply in your spirit that you've been in a place for too long and God is now calling you to do something sometimes radical, sometimes bold. But whatever you do, it's going to change something about your life. It's going to change your location. It's going to change your mindset. It's going to change your condition. And Jesus is calling his disciples, enough of staying on this side. Let us go over. There's going to be a movement. 
But in this movement, they're not going to be traveling alone because Jesus says to them, let us go over. They're not going to travel alone. Jesus is going to travel with them. The verse 36 says, they took him along in the boat as he was. When God calls you on a journey, he doesn't leave you at the train station and say, bye-bye, see you later. He doesn't leave you at the airport and say, we'll see you when you return. He doesn't leave you at the transport yard just to board on your own. When Jesus says we are traveling, he says, let us go over. He's going to join them. He's going to be with them on that journey. I believe that some of you are on a different journey of life. Maybe this year has been a, an adventure. But you didn't start on your own. Jesus is with you. So first we see the call. And the call comes to all of us to do something great. We want to go to the other side. We want to move. We believe God is with us. We believe Jesus is with us. And the natural question is, if God is for us or is with us, can anything go wrong? Jesus says, let us go over. And I'm, I'm sure the disciples felt, wow, he's with us. Everything is going to be all right. Can things go wrong if he's with you? Well, that takes us to the second step. First, we have the call. Now we have the storm. Doing something big for God will unleash storms. Anyone who attempts to do something special in their lives will encounter some storm, some opposition. If there is no storm in your life, it's most likely you're doing nothing. If there is no opposition in your life, it's most likely you are doing nothing. But if you're really doing something, if you're really trying to move over to the other side, something is going to hit you. Something is going to come against you. It's going to be as if all of a sudden everything is trying to stop you. When you find any time in your life where forces are released against you, trying to stop you, it is an indication that you are moving. Because if you are not moving, nothing will be against you. But if you start moving, something is going to be against you. So don't get discouraged about what has come against you. It is a testimony and an evidence that you are moving. For those who are not moving, who stayed where they were, life is normal. When you find people who are going nowhere, they have a phrase. Every time they say, cool, no problem. Take it easy. That's their language. When you go to our towns and our villages and our communities and you, you go in every community, you find some people who don't move. You leave them 20 years, you come and meet them. You leave them 30 years, you come and meet them. They are sitting in the same place under the same tree, playing the same draft and telling the same stories. And you go to secondary school and you come and you meet them. You go to university and you come and meet them. And then you, you, you marry and then you come and meet them. And then you grow and you come and meet them. They never go anywhere. And when you talk to them, they say, well, no problem. Because when you are going nowhere, it's calm. 
But when you try to go to the other side, something is going to hit you. So the Bible says a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. A great windstorm, not a small one. A storm can be in the form of different things. Sometimes it is a criticism. Sometimes it's gossip. Sometimes it's a financial problem. Sometimes it's a betrayal. Sometimes it's a court case. Sometimes it's a physical attack against your body. Sometimes it's a crisis in your marriage. Sometimes it's a threat somebody releases against you. Sometimes it's plain old hostility. Somebody hates you for nothing. Sometimes it's antagonism. But a storm is going to hit you. When you try to do something for God, you will find all kinds of things hitting you. People who have no business criticizing you will criticize you. People who have no business telling stories about you will gossip about you. People who have been your friends and been faithful for many years will all of a sudden betray you. You look around and it will seem as if everybody is against you. That is what you call a storm. It's going to come in different forms. And for the disciples of Jesus, the moment they started to go to the other side, the waves hit them. When they were on land going nowhere, nothing hit them. They were watching miracles and they were happy. But now they're trying to move and resistance is coming. There are two kinds of storms. Storms that Satan brings against you and storms that God brings against you. Because God will bring you storms. When God brings you a storm, it comes to test what you are made of. When God brings you a storm, it doesn't come to destroy you. It comes to prove what you are made of. It's almost like the test that you have at the end of a semester or a term in school. When you go and take your test, it's not with the intention to fail you. Although some teachers think that is the purpose of a test. It's not with the intention to fail you. It's the intention to prove what you are made of because you spend one semester learning and now a test comes based on what you have learned so that you can release what you have received. That is the test that God sanctions. It has been said that if you have a tea bag and it's, the tea is in the bag all by itself, you never get the true aroma of the tea. If you put it in cold water, nothing comes out. But if you put that tea bag into hot water, then all the sweet aroma and the color and everything would come out. The full-bodied tea. So if you really want what you have to come out of you, there's going to be some heat. Gold is not refined in the refrigerator. Gold is refined in fire. Fire that is enough to melt it. But then the same fire molds it and makes it jewelry. Diamond is developed under pressure. So when God brings a storm your way, 
it doesn't come to crush you. It comes to release what is inside you. But there is a a second kind of storm. This is satanic. And that kind of storm doesn't come to release anything out of you. It comes just to destroy you. It comes to upset your plans. And if you note how the Bible describes this storm, it wasn't from God. It says, a great storm, windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. What the storm is trying to do is upset their system, upset their plans, upset their vehicle, upset their structure. This is what they're trying to use to get to the other side and the storm comes to knock it out. And many times, you know, when you're trying to go to the other side, you have your plans made up. This is my vehicle. This is my boat. I'm going to use it this way and I'm going to use that and I'm going to go this way. And all of a sudden, something comes and hits the thing you thought was going to help you get to the other side. And that's what the storm is doing. It's a satanic attack to knock them off and make sure they don't move. If it was left to Satan, he will keep you where you are for life. He'll keep you in that community for life, in that state for life, so that there is no movement and excitement in your life. Anytime you try to move, he's going to conquer or fight you. And that's why many of us don't move. Because anytime we try to move, something goes wrong. And so Satan is going to keep you captured in that place. And some of us for our lives, sometimes for 10 years, 20, 30, some for 40, 50 years, you find out you haven't moved. Some have lived in the same house they were born in for the last 60 years, 40 years, 30 years, no movement. Anytime you try to move, something hits you and you come back to mama's house. Anytime you try to move, something hits you. Then you go back to where you started from. It's almost as if something is designing your life to be contained in a certain place. I'm here to tell you, you are moving over. You are crossing over to the other side. Somebody say, I'm going over. You can't stay in that place forever. There may be storms, but we are going over. The storms will try to upset your plans of moving over. So Jesus says, let's go over. They're excited. Jesus is with us. And then the storm comes. That takes us to the third step. What happens in the storm? In the storm, you'll find what I call the silence. The silence. That is when God seems far away from you. This is the hardest part of everybody's journey. It's the part when we don't hear from God. We, we thought he was with us. We thought he was the one who was leading us. Probably you came to church and you heard a word from, from church that inspired you and you, you believed God was with you. And then you started to go over the other side and the storm hits you and God is silent. That's what happened to the disciples Silence. The Bible says Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I like how the Bible tells stories, you know, because it gives us full description. 
Jesus is in the stern and is asleep. And the, and, the, and, the, and the writer is careful to add that he's not just asleep but on a pillow. It's a clear picture of somebody who seems to be very, very comfortable. The stern of a boat is the most remote part of the boat. The most remote part. Most of the time is the bottom of the boat. But the most remote part. Jesus is at the most remote part. He's removed from the people. And not only is he removed from the people, but he's asleep. And not only is he asleep, but on a pillow. Soft pillow. What is the picture you get when you read that? You get the impression as if he's not concerned. He's removed, he's at a stern, he's asleep, and he's comfortable. And we are in a storm. The silence of God is always very confusing. Because God speaks when we start the journey and keeps quiet. When we are on the journey, a great Christian writer called Coriton Boom, Coriton Boom and her sister were in the Nazi consecration camp of uh, concentration camp of um, uh, uh, Adolf Hitler, and they went through a lot. And uh, she came out, became a great Christian leader. And, uh, and a great uh, Christian writer. Uh, and Corrie Boone said this. She says there were many times when they were in the camp when she felt God had left them. And then she came up with this phrase, this phrase that you have to believe in the darkness what God told you in the light. You have to believe in the darkness what God told you in the light. When there is light, God will speak. But when the darkness comes, he's silent. And in that moment of silence, believe what he told you when there was the light. Many times in the storm, God is silent. That's very hard. Most of you are there. Storms are hitting you and God is silent. But silent does not mean unconcerned because silence is a language of God. God speaks with silence. We always speak with silence sometimes and with our voice sometimes. When you come to me and you say, Pastor, I have this problem and you narrate your major problem to me, and I keep quiet for a while. I don't think you would look at me and say, he doesn't care. You look at my silence and you say, he's thinking about the problem. That is what God's silence should mean to us. It doesn't mean he's not caring. He is working a scheme unknown to you. Just as when you tell me your problem, I am working a solution in my head. And very soon I'm going to say something about the solution I have formulated. God's silence is still God at work. God works in silence. A child is conceived. Nine months. 
silence. After nine months, we hear, but for nine months, silence. And the fact that nothing is being heard does not imply that nothing is being done. God wants to create Eve. He puts Adam to sleep. And he wakes up and there is Eve. Whilst he was asleep, God was working. God's silence does not mean his absence. He's at work. He's working on your case. And he's going to speak about it. Just trust him that he's working on a side you don't see. He's working about something you don't see at the moment. But pretty soon, there's going to be a manifestation. You go and tell your problem to somebody. He says, give me two days. And for two days, you don't hear about him. But you will not assume he's doing nothing. You believe he's working, although you don't see him. And in two days, he says, call me. You call him, and he gives you an answer. God's silence is part of his language. It's part of God's vocabulary. It's part of the way God speaks to us. Anytime God is silent, it means he's working on the dark side that you don't see. And very soon, he's going to manifest in the light what he has been working in the darkness. When we go through storm, we don't hear God. When we start, we heard, let us go over. The storm hits. Nothing. And that's when people start going through all kinds of situation. Because though you may not see him, he is always there for you. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otebill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.